0: We're back, Revival Town Podcast, I'm Chuck Tate, that's Andy King
1: Chuck, how you doing? I'm doing good, mate I'm, doing, I'm, I'm, I'm just liking just... the new spectacles Oh, okay, thank new you New glasses
0: there Thank you, man, I appreciate that yeah. Have um, you had them long? Um, no, they're pretty new I don't I don't wear them all the time But, yeah, warm wore them today and you
1: look very sophisticated Why, thank you <laughs> I know um, better <laughs> You know better? <laughs> Well, you know. Let's let's I'm open sure. something up a little bit here. Yeah. You went on a little trip a few weeks back, and all I kept getting from you was just incident... Prayer request. after request. <laughs> ...of things happening. What do you tell us a uh, bit about uh, this uh, trip? Fire up the prayer chain!
0: <laughs>
1: Again! Again! <laughs>
0: I know, I know. I just texted you 10 minutes ago.
1: <laughs>
0: so... Here's what happened. My family and I borrowed a 31-foot motorhome.
1: Right there, that's a in itself.
0: <laughs> Prior to leaving, we watched the movie RV with Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we went to Arizona, and we made it a vacation out of, a honestly, a hard, hard trip. My wife had surgery. Mm-hmm. And let me just, before we unpack the trip, let me tell you where we're at today. So surgery was successful. She's been on this three-year pain journey, um, and when she came out of surgery, the, the pain was gone, and we were celebrating, and I um, sat on a hotel bed with, with tears in my eyes at how giddy she was, and how happy she was, and how carefree she was following the surgery the next day because i wasn't permitted to stay all night i had to leave and um we just uh, we were celebrating and um some of that pain has returned and the surgeon said that's normal right and he's convinced that when everything runs at course and p- probably by the time this airs that that pelvic floor pain will will be eliminated which will be huge because it's been three years with eight to ten level pain every day no relief and um you know led you know, led to her walking with a walker yeah. and just her life changing. And uh-huh. and now we believe it's, it's going to get better. Um, and what's crazy is, as we're recording this today, she's in the hospital. We're back home. And um, because of a complication that happened post-surgery, which I'll, I'll, I'll share. And then that has kind of um, led us to where we're at today. But let me just talk about the trip. All right. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah let's talk about... Um, the, so, yeah, 31-foot motorhome, my <laughs> wife and I, my two kids, 16- and 13-year-olds, and my mother-in-law. And uh, we did lose her somewhere on the trip. I'm not for sure where she's at. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: Grand Canyon?
0: But uh, <laughs> Grand Canyon. Yeah, we did see the Grand Canyon. And um, um, so, yeah, our guest today, Jason Van Ruler, um, I'm actually going to go lay on his couch and talk to him about this trip. Cause he's a counselor. He's a counselor. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. no, but um, so yeah, well, it was it was fun. It, we, we we spent um, a few days driving out and just took our time and and, um, and I'm new at the RV thing. Now now getting home, I feel like I'm an RV pro. I mean, I've had to learn like if I was going to call the KOA campground, you ever see those signs when yeah. you're driving by? Yeah, I've seen them all. The, I've seen them all the time, but I don't know really what goes on there. Well, now I do.
1: Well, I tell you what, if if I ever need a driver. Because we have an RV at the Dream Center, because we have a mobile hair salon. Yes, that we take to the homeless. If I need a driver, I'm in.
0: I know where to come. Yes, I'm your man. So I would call this, call a campground ahead of time, and I just figured you could just show up, but you can't. You have to have res- reservations for these places. Oh wow! And um, so yeah, I would leave a voicemail, say, "Hey, my name is Chuck. I have a 31 foot <laughs> motorhome. We have." Three adults, two kids, no pets. I have an extension on the driver's side. I need full hookup. You Whoa. know what full hookup means? No idea. All right. I need um, I need power. Yeah. I need water, mm-hmm. and then I need a place to dump my black water and Ooh, gray water. I you know what black know water is? Oh,
1: I know what that is. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got
0: uh, mobile. Oh, let's just say that first experience, um, <laughs> I didn't know there were disposable gloves in a bucket. In one of the compartments of the motorhome underneath, so I didn't have any gloves on. Yeah, and let's just say I got sprayed. Oh my. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> mm. That first night, oh, I had to. Uh, you no, know, the first night we boondocked. Do you know what boondock means? No, I, no idea. We should be. This should be uh, uh, a Tatinous mate phrase. Oh man! But boondock means that you are just parking it, and there's no place to plug in for power, mm. so you're running off the generator. You're just boondocking. It's the yeah. first night on the road. Somewhere in Nebraska, we boondocked in a Walmart parking lot mm. and I woke up with excruciating toothache. Like you can't make this up. Like <laughs> our first night on the road. I remember getting and this I get this toothache that I had to have extracted in Arizona. I had to get it pulled. I, I couldn't function. I had to
1: So you had to go to the dentist and get a tooth pulled.
0: While on this trip.
1: For my wife's oh surgery, yes,
0: yeah, it was crazy. But so we, we boondocked the first night in at Walmart, and then I'm in Walmart getting medicine for my tooth and, and covering it with gum so it could, um, yeah.
1: Now that was the text that I laughed uh, uh, at. Okay, uh, you, were, you were chewing gum and sticking it up in your tooth yes. to try and see if the pain would go,
0: yeah. It was better than medicine, so I, it's a true story. <laughs> the dentist said, I have never heard of anyone doing this, but that's what you needed to do. I mean, that, it worked wow. that, because I had this exposed nerve and oh. the tooth had to come out. And I would put medicine on it, but the medicine, it, 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 the air is still hitting that, that hole. Oh. And, and I bought some medicine that where you, it's like little cotton balls and you dip, dip the cotton in the medicine and they shove the cotton ball up in the hole in your, where, your, you know, where your tooth is. And, but it would come out, so I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I would chew gum for like two minutes, put medicine on the gum, shove that up in my tooth, and I had to do that for like a week, I mean, for several days until I got to Arizona, oh my gosh. made an appointment to get it pulled, but the, the dentist was impressed, he was like, wow. man, good job, good job, mate. McGi- well, he say mate, but, uh, yeah, but, um, so yeah, we boondocked, and then we, the first night we plugged in was... It was on the side of a mountain, and there were rocks, and I, I thought I was going to get bit by a rattlesnake, and it was getting dark, and I was spraying myself. It was crazy. But then we, we get to Arizona, and I have to have the tooth pulled, and then I was speaking at a church there, my home church. From oh, wait, wait, wait.
1: This is funny. Everyone, listen to this story. Okay. Tell, tell us what happened the night before.
0: So the night before, um, I I get in the van to, to, to run to the, a restaurant.
1: Because they gave you a van, this church gave you a van, the, the, correct? The,
0: yeah, the the, the the church that I was going to be speaking at, good good friends of mine, where I was baptized at as a kid before I, I'm originally from Phoenix. Yeah, I moved here right before eighth grade, but um, they let us use this van for free, so such a blessing. Yeah, right. But the night before I was speaking, thank God, I needed uh, we got carry out because we had some friends to we stayed. Now we didn't stay in the motorhome while in Phoenix. That would have been like sleeping in the oven. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. right in it. Um, but we had an Airbnb uh, with the pool and it was just cheaper than a hotel. Just God um, blessed us and it was amazing. Um, really helped with the trip. But um, but yeah. And then the van helped. But um, we had some friends come visit us and I needed more carry So I, I didn't have enough. So I went to get in the van and it wouldn't start. Oh. I'm like you got to be kidding! I'm preaching tomorrow morning. This is our transportation while we're in there, here in Arizona.
1: And you were like 40 minutes away from the church. 40 right? minutes? Yeah, I'd
0: go, yeah. Thank you. I didn't.
1: I didn't share that. That's Fif- okay. I'll, do, I'll tell the 50 story. Minutes,
0: 50 minutes. 50 minutes. 50 <laughs> minutes. Okay. Yeah. yeah 50 It'll minutes. It'd be an hour by the yeah, end yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. So we were two hours away from the church, and uh, living in this tent, no, okay. <laughs> by the river, van <laughs> yeah, by the river, van um, yeah, in the desert, but. um couldn't get it to work, and um, I had to have a um, good friend, Bobby, and a maintenance man from the church. They drove all the way out, 50 minutes, and they, and we had, my friend John and I, we tried to jump the van, and it wouldn't start, and it was, I won't go into the whole story, but it turned out to be just a loose cable, so praise the Lord. Mm, yeah. So they were able to fix it that night, so then I was able to preach at the church, and we had a great time. Well, then Tuesday morning, it was time for Annette's pr- first procedure at the hospital. Her surgery was on Wednesday, but on Tuesday, this was like kind of go in, do paperwork, and um, meet, meet, and um, so what happened was, on the way to the hospital, the van overheated. <laughs> oh,
1: no.
0: In traffic, <laughs> in Phoenix. I was just getting ready to get on the interstate, so praise God I wasn't on the interstate. Oh. But the van broke down and we had to Uber to get to Annette's appointment. (laughs) So the reason we're in Arizona is to have this appointment and we were an hour and a half late because we had to wait on Uber. I've never Ubered before. I had to download the app and get, it was, it was crazy. And then they had to connect us with another vehicle. They had to have the van towed and it was a major deal. But, um, my, um, my late pastor who who passed away, his wife, had a brand new vehicle, and she let us use it the rest of the trip. So we went from having this this old church van to this brand new Chevy equinox so it was it was great, but so many challenges um, from the the tooth being extracted to the van breaking down twice to having to uber to the appointment and then, after net surgery, she developed a, a spinal leak because of they tried a spinal anesthesia before they put her under. And um, it didn't it didn't work. They tried for an hour and poked and prodded, and, oh. and uh, her back was jacked up, and ended up with a spinal leak. So we were in the ER twice oh. in Phoenix, and it was like the show ER. It was crazy. I mean, it was. I, I won't even go into it. The ER was nuts. They had her um, parked in a hallway because there were no there were no beds, and we had to go back the next day, and we were there eight hours, and she had this procedure, and then she had complications from the procedure. Um, on the way home, which just landed her back in the hospital, to get a, a blood patch for the second time. So just crazy, but the end result is going to be she's going to be better. Yes,
1: she's going to be better. I believe in that. Forty
0: one yeah. will come. Yeah, Amen, Amen, Amen. So that's kind of a long story, but that's my motorhome. We should have did a podcast just for the motorhome story because yeah. there's more stuff. But we'll we'll just end it at that. We should have done a podcast on the motorhome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we should have. <laughs> Oh, you know what? We talk about it with this conversation with Jason.
1: We need to do a tour. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have a, a great time listening to uh, Jason. He uh, is a counselor, um, life coach. He goes into that a little bit, and he's a big English soccer fan, English football fan, for those who are listening across the pond. Uh, so we we get into that. Even though he's a Chelsea fan, that's okay. We still love him. He's still a brother in Christ, but... Uh, we just need to correct him a little bit, you know, Chuck. yeah, uh,
0: hey, you know, my brother in laws a Liverpool, a Liverpool fan.
1: You know, I saw him. I had the privilege of speaking at your church this uh, oh, last yeah, weekend, yeah. and he sat to- behind me. And I, I turned around to him. I said, "Good win yesterday," and he knew exactly what we were talking about because oh, Liverpool yeah, won that yeah. weekend. <laughs> that's well That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so it's good. So it's good. Um. So yeah. So you're going to enjoy this conversation with Jason. So please sit back and relax. Grab a cup of coffee. And enjoy this conversation with Jason
2: on Revival Town Podcast. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play, or by going to edify.app. That's EDIFI.
0: All right, everyone, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, Jason Van Ruler, a Sioux Falls, South Dakota native native, is a counselor, coach, and speaker. Jason is the owner of Solomon Recovery, a private practice specializing in the treatment of intimacy, trauma, and transitional concerns. In addition to counseling, Jason has been coaching clients since 2013 with special focus on personal growth, relational issues, and executive, entrepreneurial, and startups. Jason has received specialized training in brief intervention coaching and often helps high-achieving clients reach their goals while living a balanced and fulfilling life. He's also the host of a podcast called, Okay, What's Next? Jason, welcome to Revival Town Podcast.
2: Hey, thank you so much, guys. I am thrilled to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a long time.
1: Well, Jason, we just met, and it's great to uh, to uh, finally meet you. Uh, Chuck has talked about you, and just to start off, you are a Premier League fan. Uh, so you've just won huge fans on the other side of the Atlantic that listen to this podcast. I didn't ask you, though, what team you like in the Premier League. This may be a, a good thing or a bad thing. It just so we're <laughs> starting out with soccer. Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> okay, this
2: right. is going to start and end the podcast. So this is great. I appreciate being on the show. Uh, I'm a Chelsea guy. I, oh,
1: I, okay. I, let's stop.
2: No, you okay, can. Is this thing still on? or are we still yeah. Rec- oh, okay? Yeah, yeah we're still, still rec- on. So, so, yeah. so
0: here's usually what happens when um, when we see Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you just said fantastic. Is that the one you just, uh, couldn't make it out through the noise? But I think it was fantastic. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> so, I know, um, and I'm a, definitely- Man- I'm a Manchester United fan, so uh, there you go. You know, yep. Yep. Yeah. big rivals, but that's okay. That's okay. We are yeah. brothers in Christ for this. Yeah, interview. Yes. <laughs> well, like
0: Andy said, we have a lot of people that
1: listen across the pond that I'm
0: sure that they definitely um, sat up when they heard Andy mention that you are Premier League. Fans, so yeah, we have a lot of soccer fans that, that listen to the podcast, but um,
1: but we're not going to talk about that we're, today, we're, we're going to find out a little I, bit about you, yeah, we're going to find out
0: about who you are. And um, I got to meet you, you're the host of Okay, What's Next podcast, and I was I had the um, the honor and privilege to, to, to be on your podcast, so um, I'm just pumped that um, you're willing to take time to come and hang out with us on Revival Town today. So, uh, why don't you? begin by just kind of sharing your story. Obviously, uh, a number of our people listening are unfamiliar with you, so let's make them familiar.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm a um, a counselor. I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, so grew up here. Didn't really know so much what I wanted to do, um, and so kind of just wandered aimlessly for a while. Did the whole uh, college thing, um, didn't work out so hot ended up dropping out um, starting uh, started a recruiting business um, and so actually grew that um, became pretty successful at that and um, then uh, did some work with people who were doing like day jobs and so um, as i was doing this like life uh, by all accounts was going along pretty well but i started to feel this calling to help the people that i was finding jobs for in a more meaningful way so not to say that, you know, recruiters aren't doing that, but I just noticed in working with a lot of people that there were all these other issues that were causing them to, to switch jobs or maybe struggle to keep jobs. And so I started to feel this calling to go into a field where I could help people more directly. And so for me, that started this whole kind of counseling thing. Um, I had just gotten married. Um, and so I kind of said like, hey, you know, we're doing really well and we're young and things are you know, going in the right direction and like, why don't I just go to the seminary? Like, wouldn't that be cool if I just stopped working and went <laughs> to school instead? And my wife's like, oh, that sounds really amazing, Jason. That would be that'd be really awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I signed up for. I was hoping you'd be in school for like eight years. So so that's great. So, okay. So I I go to, I, I went and I finished my four-year degree. Um, I always say I was on the 10-year plan Um, because it literally took me 10 years to get my bachelor's. Um, But I got it. And then I went to the seminary um, to become a counselor. And I had a plan, right? Like I had this plan that I was going to be really, really successful as a counselor, help a ton of people. But along with that plan, I sort of had this plan of what I wasn't going to be. And so just because of how I grew up and some experiences I've had, um, I just said like the thing I'm not ever going to do is I'm not ever going to work with like relationships, and I'm not ever going to work with like affairs or infidelity or anything like that. Um, but I'm going to help as many people as I can. And so I go to school. I'm trying really, really hard. Um, I have a 3.98 GPA, which still drives me insane today because you know 3.98. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so oh, close. So <laughs> close. <laughs> no, I missed it in a library class of all places. I was just like. I don't. Right. This class isn't important, and and then they got me. So so I get this wonderful GPA. I'm looking for an internship, and I just I have this plan, right? This is this is how it's gonna work. Well, South Dakota is small, Sioux Falls is small, and so there's kind of one place where I'm gonna go. And I go and I sit down with the guy, and he's a very wonderful person. Um, but we get to the end, and he's like, you know, I don't think it's a good fit. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, Tell me about my GPA that I, you know, come on, I'm working for this. And he's like, well, actually, um, you know, your GPA kind of tells me about you, that you might be kind of a perfectionist. And I'm like, yeah, sure I am. Cause I'm thinking at this point, that's the right thing to say. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm a perfectionist. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what we're not looking for. Like, <laughs> then I'm not, then I'm no longer a perfectionist. I just changed, I just changed my mind. Don't care at all. Um, and he was, he was a wonderful guy, but he's like, Hey, it's not a good fit. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? Cause I need to do this internship. And you know, God's really funny because um, God's like, okay, there's this one internship place left. Uh, but the deal is, is it's working with infidelity marriage and working with people who have acted out sexually. And so I'm like, okay, this is not the plan, right? <laughs> this is not at all what I'm going to do. I said I would I'm not do this. <laughs> God, i have afraid about this a lot. Like, I think you heard me. This is not what I wanted. Um, but I wanted to graduate. So I took an internship and the first uh, six months were really rocky uh, because again, I wasn't supposed to be there. And then I kind of realized through that process that like all this stuff that I had been afraid of my whole life um, just wasn't that scary. Um, mm-hmm. And it was more just uh, people were people and I could help them too. And so from that was really born this career of helping people to work on relationships, and also kind of step outside of what they think has to happen, and instead just kind of like meet God where God's at.
1: Mm. Wow. wow! So that obviously started this this journey. Um, what were some of the challenges in 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 the start? The actual okay, how am I going to do this?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think some of it was relational. So, you know, kind of while I'm going through grad school and doing all this and kind of having these existential crises, um, you know, I'm also married and we're trying to have kids and we're having challenges having kids. And so it's kind of like putting it all together. You know, it's it's a little bit like, well, we're flying the plane and something broke and I hope we can fix it. Yeah, You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm frantically trying to do that. And my wife's just like, I don't know what's going on here. And I'm like, I don't know either. And so it was kind of these years of um, even Chuck, like your book, just kind of being like in, in that middle ground, right? Of um, I don't know how this is going to pan out. Yeah. Like, there's some challenges here, but I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. Man. And now here you are. You have your own practice, and um, correct me if I'm wrong. is it, it spans over over four states? Is that is that right?
2: Yeah, I when I got out of school, I decided I want to have as many letters behind my name as possible. And so to do that, I would have to be licensed everywhere. And so I just I'm on a mission. I have I'm I'm not close to fifty states yet, but I'm gonna get as many certifications. I know I'm on the right track if I say to my wife, like, I think the certification should be good and she rolls her eyes. I just know I should do it. That's what I've learned about relationships. Really. Yep, this is. So
0: this is. one of my original goals was to to visit all 50 states by the time I was 30, and I didn't do it. And I got close, and um, I'm <laughs> way beyond that now, and I have been to 49 states. The only one I haven't been to is Alaska, but you're you're getting um, you're getting licensed in every state. I, my goal was just to go to every I, state, right? <laughs> yeah, if you would like
2: counseling there. I'll meet you there. I, I would be able to do that.
1: So why don't you tell us a little bit for the folks that are listening, where you are based now, but then where you also uh, practice and do things.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I've got a private practice. um, So I see clients here, but then I also do coaching with clients really all over the U.S. Um, And then I also, uh, something I've gotten into is doing intensives. So um, if a couple is struggling, I might uh, meet with them or have them fly out to me. And we'll take a weekend to kind of figure out where are we headed, what are we doing, um, and maybe where's God in all of this, and and what's he calling us to do with this. Um, So for me, I've been doing workshops in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, and then going out to California to do some of them as well. Wow.
0: In fact, didn't you just recently um, return from San Diego and um, where you were with um, Bob Goff and Mike Foster?
2: I did. Yeah, that was an amazing trip. Uh, Bob's become a good buddy of mine. And so it was awesome to go visit him again. And the Oaks is just a really magical place. So I, I had a yeah. wonderful time.
1: Awesome. Uh, Bob, awesome. Bob was uh, with us at the Dream Center just uh, two years ago uh, for our annual event <clears throat> and uh, did an event called Love Peoria. And it went incredible uh he flew in and and, you know you know bob he's uh coming up to me after the event there'd been 2300 people there meal you know everything it wasn't just a sit down lecture type of thing and he's like andy i want to help put the tables away can you just direct me what have i got to do you know and that's bob goff to a t like he had just stepped off the stage and now he wants to put the tables and chairs away, you know. And there's people lining up wanting to see him, and he's like, well, I just want to help," you know. <laughs> and uh, that's 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 Bob, in in essence, right there is is how he wants to serve people with with folks like that that you're around. What have you learned from someone like a Bob Gough?
2: Yeah, I think um, just. So, you know, really in the last year, I've stepped out of, I mean, I have a practice that's going well, um, but I'm also trying to do some speaking stuff and doing this podcast. And so doing things well outside my comfort zone. And it's made me just kind of realize like, um, I just got to be okay with me. Um, I don't Ooh. have to like have the high GPA, like it's a good thing to shoot for, but um, I just got to show up. And so I think people like Bob, I, I would say, you know, even Chuck, when we talk like um, they're just who they are right? And, and that's, um, there's quirks and stuff like that, but um, I think those people just show up, they have a good heart, they want to help people, and they're just available to do it. Yeah. 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 Chuck's got a lot of quirks. I got right? I mean, I'm, See, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the counseling field. That's a nice way of saying it.
0: So, um, yeah, I need to come lay down on your couch uh, and talk about my life. Uh, no, but you know, when, something you said stood out to me. You said, um, I found out that what I was afraid of wasn't so scary, and I think that is huge for so many people listening that they have a dream, they have a goal, they have something they want to accomplish, but obviously they have become paralyzed with fear. Even looking at my my life um, as, a, as a pastor of the same church now for 23 years, and then I was in youth ministry for eight years prior to that, What's what's... Funny about that, in school, I was afraid to talk in front of people. Um, I hated speech class. I dreaded it, like most people, and wanted to be called on last and, I mean, sweat it out and would, you had a hard time sleeping the night before. I mean, I was freaked out. And then, you know, guys like, well, you're going to present for a living. <laughs> like, okay, okay, thank you. Um, and like Moses, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk God out of it, you know, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. And, and like so many fears, we find out that they're really a, a, a lot of times not, not rational and um, God moves in spite of our fears. And, and um, so I know that you know what would you say the person who's 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 listening right now and 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 they have that big dream and they have they have a goal and it might not be big to other people but it's big it's big for them and maybe they have had it sitting on the shelf because of fear but um you know now they can hear somebody like you say you know hey it's it's really not that scary well you just got to be willing to step out.
2: Yeah. Well, I would say it is that scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have never done that, I okay. it's forced, right? So I was, I was like, I would have never volunteered for that um, because I was terrified and, and I just had all these things that I believed about it. But the thing is, is sometimes um, how we frame um, our fear or how we look at you know, what that entails is, is not actually accurate. Sometimes it's out of date, right? Mm, so yeah. it's kind of like um, when I was a kid, I was terrified of roller coasters. Well, I'm not a kid anymore, roller coasters aren't that big, it's not a big deal, right? So um, my perception changed, uh, but sometimes we don't get that memo, right? We just kind of hold the perception of our our 10 year old self or our 20 year old self. And the truth is like the world's always changing. And so I think sometimes we have to test out, is this still something to be afraid of? Mm. You know, there are things that'll probably always be scary. Um, And there are things that'll be scary for a season, and they're much less. I mean, um, I used to worry about something under my bed. Um, I only do that once a week now. So I really improved. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really improved. Um, but I grew up, right? And and so I have to remind myself sometimes that this thing that seems terrifying um, might actually not be as terrifying as I think, because I might be using outdated information.
0: Mm, that's, that's good. good. Well, you know, the other night I was laying in bed, it was late at night, and um I was by myself, and my brain was like, hey, you know what we haven't thought of in a while? Monsters. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, I'm sorry, no, You Jason. know, what's funny is when when <laughs> when, when I planted uh, Rock Church, you know, I, it's kind of funny that you didn't – you shared, Jason, when you began your, your counseling journey, you didn't really want to deal with relational Issues and marriage and intimacy and all that kind of stuff. And when I first joined the church, I didn't really have a desire to do weddings and funerals. That uh, you know, I just stick to, to preaching the gospel. And mm-hmm. you know, now you know, two hundred weddings later and so many funerals. I'm doing a funeral this Saturday, and and there's there's times where I, I still get get nervous, but it's it's um, it's now it's it's part of what I do, and it's just went from like I don't really want to do that to to now it's something that's routine. Um, when when called upon, and there it, it still might be scary times, but you know there's still so um, so much fruit from from both. And as a as a pastor, I think that the most difficult um, job of pastor is, is probably. I I would say not diff- most difficult. I would say I, um, most pastors their least favorite thing to do is probably a funeral, but it's probably the most important thing. Yeah, they they do, and now you have an opportunity to to help people navigate through st- storms um, and um, circumstances and marriage that have have blown up and something um, that originally you didn't want to do, but now think of all the people that, that you're helping um, navigate through conflict and, and, and helping them on the other side. Can you speak to that for a moment?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's... Um I think for me it's it's the rewarding part i mean it's why i do what i do i always tell clients i, I do this because i'm hopeful and i also do it um because i feel called to it and so um if i cease to be called to it i'll just be like a used car salesman or something like i'll, I'll find something else to do uh, but I, I genuinely feel like this is where i'm supposed to be and so seeing couples walk through difficult seasons and be better off for it um, on one hand is just really rewarding, but it's also healing for me with my own story to see that it can work out and it, it can be okay. Yeah. So I, I think there's just so much net benefit for everyone.
1: Um, during this season, uh, you know, we're, it's a weird season really. Cause you know, obviously COVID hit last year and then everything seemed to be getting back to normal. And now everything's starting to, uh, go crazy in certain areas of the world and, and the U S with regards to COVID. Um, what was your what were you seeing um most of how, how for instance how did your the clients that were coming in did you see a change in some of the issues that were coming in or was there more people coming um because of covid they're in the house <laughs> more with each other um how was you know we had deb Filletta on uh the podcast uh a few few months back who's written a a ton of books on marriage and things like that and she she and we interviewed her in the midst of of the end of covid in the first year right the first year of covid uh, but now we're we're nearly you kind know six months almost, yeah, yeah six months from that and things have changed even more for you with what you do what did you see during covid even up to this point with regards to what you're trying to do in the world with with folks and especially marriages
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's really, I mean, I've been busier than I've been before, which uh, I suppose from a business perspective is wonderful, but what it really means isn't so great. And so the thing that I'm seeing most are people who are struggling with changing the rules about how things are supposed to look, because COVID, if anything, has been a change in rules, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of, I said, you know, I, I expected to go do this internship and not do this thing, and had I held on to that and just said, I, I demand I'm not going to do this, um, my life would have become really difficult. Right. It would have really kind of slowed everything down or stopped it. And so I think covid has demanded that people change some of the rules about how we do things. Mm. I think the other thing is, it's also slowed us down enough to notice some problems that we maybe didn't notice. Right. Mm-hmm. If we are gone all the time from our partner um, and all of a sudden we're home and we're looking at them, um, we can't we can't really distract ourselves that we're. Uh, avoid problems that are there now we start to see them and so I've seen a lot of people kind of say like it's it's slowed down enough for me to look at myself and my relationship and now I'm I got some issues there I think Mm.
0: wow yeah well what do you think um what's what do you what's the biggest struggle right now when when people call you or come into your office what what's the the thing that stands out more than is there something that stands out more than, than, maybe there's not, but it, is there something that stands out more than anything else right now? I mean, obviously there's so much going on in the world and, and a lot of things become politicized and there's different narratives with the media. But like when people call you and they come in, what's the biggest thing they're, they're struggling with?
2: Yeah, I think it's just connection. You know, I, I think um, what I see is just so many people feel disconnected or alone, even in their relationships. And so they're just so hungry for that. And, and along with that connection is community. Uh, I just see a lack of community. Yeah. Uh, people come in and I say like, hey, um, you have to go to the airport tomorrow morning at you know 6 a.m. Who are you calling to drive you there? And they go, oh, I don't have anybody that I could call. Wow. And I, hey, all right, uh, what do we do about that? So I, I think so many people are kind of realizing that like without all these distractions, um, when they just look at it, they go, I don't know who I'm really close to. Or I'll say to couples, um, who's your role model? in in the whole marriage game. Like who, what, what couple do you really look up to and you want to do what they're doing? And they go, well, I don't know. I have no idea. And so I think people are starting to kind of say like, uh, we want more and and I want to work for more connection than we've had in the past. Mm, That's,
1: yeah, we, I mean, for us uh, at the Dream Center, uh, obviously COVID has been a little different for us. We have a homeless shelter for uh, women and children. And it's an emergency shelter. Um, So anytime, day or night, they can come to the Dream Center. And, um, you know, for us, there's two things that happened during COVID. Obviously, you know, we were seeing 60 to 100 people every night. But our numbers went down. And a lot of the, when we started really digging into the, the homeless community within Peoria, we realized that because, you know, our the biggest demographic of homelessness in Peoria is uh, single parent moms um, with kids, the average age in our homeless shelter is nine years of age. Wow. So what we were noticing, though, was family or friends were reaching out during COVID and saying, hey, we normally wouldn't do this, but... Why don't you come in, into our basement and, and just stay here during COVID? Or why don't you... And so for us, yes, our numbers went down, which was totally fine because obviously spacing that many people out in a homeless shelter and making sure everyone's safe was a big deal for us. But it did, and even though, and I hear what you're saying, that people are longing for community there was ways that people were also reaching out to folks that they may not have spoke to in a long time mm. and said, Hey, are you okay? And, uh, and we noticed that now we're obviously seeing a bit of a, a, a rise in numbers here as far as coming into the homeless shelter, mainly because, um, you know, I, I don't know if it, this happened in South Dakota, but in this area in Illinois, um, landlords did not have to ask for the monthly rent during covid because people lost their jobs right well now that's happening like people have got to pay back the you know the money from last year so we're seeing numbers rise because people haven't got the money to pay it back that grace periods over yeah yeah and so um but during covid we did see that community side that Normally we don't see right people reaching out. We see it if it's like a minus ten at night in the winter. People reach out to family then, but it's so crucial, and I'm glad you touched on this about community because I think that's where the church has really um, got hurt in the last year. Is Mm -hmm. you know even even churches that are thriving churches, they may now even now be sixty percent, seventy percent back to normal this 30, 40%, even 50% are still connected to the church, but through the computer. And it's now become the easy route of, well, it was okay during COVID, so I'm just going to carry on doing it. Hmm. Um, but can you just open up a little bit about the importance of community? Because you've mentioned it a few times, and not obviously within marriage, but also even family and beyond.
2: Did you just yeah, tap absolutely. into that? Yeah. yeah, and I think what you're talking about, um, was maybe a benefit of that time is that people did talk to people they haven't talked to for a while. They, they did uh, increase that connection. What I see though, is that not a lot of us have the ability to keep that going. Right. Yeah. So we go like, yeah, uh, we had to ride in a car together for 10 hours and boy, we really went deep and we really talked about stuff, but now we arrived. Yeah. And so we're, we're not going to do that again. That, that was that car <laughs> ride. That's not happening again. And, and so I think even with like COVID, I kind of see that with couples where they say like, yeah, it got kind of weird there. Like I told you some stuff I never told anybody and the COVID's over, right? We're not, uh, we're not going to live in that space. And so I think helping people learn to live in that space of depth and meaning and connection is really important. Um, and the truth is, is, you know, some of us don't know how to do that. We, we just weren't taught that when we were kids. And um, that's not to say we're blaming anybody, but that's just uh, some people have no clue what that looks like, but they're hungry for it. Yeah. And so i doing the work that I've done one of the most powerful things that I see is when I do group work and I see someone share their story and they're sharing their story thinking no one else has this story. No one else can relate. I'm the worst. This is all me. And then someone else in the group says, Oh yeah, wait a second. I, I think I can relate because I think mm-hmm. this happened and and this connects and to see people's eyes light up and just go like, Oh, wait a second. I'm not the only one Yeah, uh, community. I mean, I like to, like I said, I like to chase after letters after my name to be really smart, but I'll tell you the secret sauce to, to a lot of this is that if you have people who see you and love you for who you are and you don't feel alone, that solves a lot of problems. Mm, wow, that's good. It's just knowing how to get there. Yeah, that's good. That's good.
1: Yeah. I want to tap into something, um, just changing gears a little bit. Um, you're not only, you know, a helping couples, Uh, with trauma and intimacy issues and transitional concerns things like that Um, but you're also a life coach can Mm -hmm. you can you unpack that a little bit like if if we were coming to you what would be you know like what are some of the things that you're wanting to get out of us to be able to really be that life coach for that individual
2: sure I think for you, Andy, the first would be what is your favorite soccer team and how do I change your mind? I think that would just... Oh. I, I feel like it would have to start there, at any place. I'd
1: right? be like, next life coach, please. <laughs> and, and for me,
0: it would be, Chuck, what's your favorite number? <laughs> we
2: already have this. We already have this down. For, um, the life coaching thing, so the, the deal about me is um, I feel like I'm kind of in both worlds. Uh, the counseling world, Uh, the mental health piece can do that. But I'm also a guy that started some businesses. And so I love to see somebody make kind of a plan and work towards it. And so the life coaching is kind of meeting people with um, what do you want to do and um, why does that matter? And and then how do we make that happen? So how do we step through some of that fear and how do we make it practical? Because what happens is we have all these messages about what we can and can't do. And sometimes our dreams don't fit with that. Right, We say, well, I want to be a speaker, um, but our internal message is that you can't be, right? Um, I'm not a speaker. And so as a life coach, I kind of say, look, what if we tested that out uh, in a practical way and then help you work towards that goal? Hmm,
0: that's good. So if I were to come to you and say, okay, I want to be a, a pro soccer player. And
2: as long as he doesn't send
1: you to and, Chelsea, uh, we're hey, fine. Hey,
0: true story. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast. <laughs>
1: In college, is this confession uh, no, time? No, so
0: no, well, I got two soccer I stories. Man, I'm gonna keep them fast. When I was a, when I was a sophomore in high school, I went to new school to play basketball, and then um, everybody was playing so- soccer. So I decided to play. I'd Never played before, and um, I just pretty much sat on the bench. And at in in the yearbook, I, I have I need to I need to post the photo. Okay, all right on all our right. on our Revival Town podcast, but there's a picture of me sitting on the bench. <laughs> I have this really concerned look on my face. Even and the more. caption is, the caption is, boy, I wish I was out there. <laughs> like, serious? like, seriously. So um, I, I was already dealing with some issues all of a sudden. Bam, right? Oh. So in college, I tried out for the soccer team. I made it and then I quit. I just wanted to see if I could make the team. <laughs> so bad. I, I, true story.
2: Wow. Wow. <laughs> you
0: really showed that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. I don't know if that has to do with anything, but no, that if when it comes to life coaching, though, yeah, you help people if, um, you know, like obviously, uh, you know, my son went through the phase when he was younger where he wanted to be the pro basketball player. And I supported him that. But as he got older, you know, obviously, if, he was in high school and um, wasn't on the basketball team, but he still had the dream to be an NBA player. I would have to sit him down and be practical about that, you know, and say, right. hey, "Hey, look, you know, you know, you're you're four foot ten, you are white, <laughs> and no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but there's there comes a point for everybody. We have we we have to be realistic, but um, some people they need somebody like you, Jason, who who can. Look them in the eye and tell them the truth and and, and help them navigate and, and move forward. But I like that. Hey, what do, you, what do you want to do? How can we help you get there? Let's let's take some practical steps because there's a lot of people that have some goals, but they're not willing to take those steps, right? Right.
2: Yeah. And I, I always say to people, you know, if you want to run a marathon, run around the block. You know, that, that's a great way to start. Um, but if you can't run around the block, you're probably not going to run a marathon. Yeah. Um, that's why you know,
1: I've anyway, never run a marathon. <laughs> Well, hey, just take a soccer ball with you. Uh, Now I could run around the block with a soccer ball.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we have to start out in practical ways. And and I think sometimes we just, we overthink it. We overcomplicate it. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do is like make everything this big, difficult, you know, with schematics. And it just doesn't always have to be that way. Sometimes it's just taking one step and seeing what happens. Yeah, that's
1: good. Well,
2: you
0: host a podcast. It's called, okay, what's next? So let's ask you, what's next for Jason Van
2: You know, um, I'm just showing up, to be honest with you. I, I have some dreams. Um, I, I want to do the speaking thing more. I've been writing uh, a book, and so I've got that in the podcast. And so I have a lot of things going on. But at this point, I've just kind of learned, like, I'm just going to show up uh, and do my best, and we'll see what shakes out. Um, but really, my ultimate goal is how do I help as many people as possible, mm. Um, I, I think whether uh, I'm able to do that with uh, you know a hundred or a hundred thousand or a thousand, like I just want to help as many people as I can to to get to that place for themselves.
0: I love it. I love That's it. great. Well, well, um, what is? Um, I I I got thrown by I I, I I'm sorry I've, <laughs> I, I I I got uh, okay over there or what? I was thinking about soccer. um, I totally had a break the bench. bench. You're thinking well, about sitting uh, on that I, I bench. Had, I I knew what I was going to ask you, but all I heard was I'm writing a book, <laughs> so I, I'm 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 stuck on that. Are you Are you able to share what the book is about, or is that is that private?
2: No, I mean that's um, yeah. So it's it's about relationships because I mean, really, at the end of the day, this is what this is all about is is how do we do about relationships that. well. Um, how do we be intentional about them and how do we make them lasting? So, kind of like I said with the car ride, like we can, we can all do that for a bit, um, or we can do it through COVID or we can, but how do we actually stay connected even after we're forced to? That's and true. I think that's the part that gets a little, a little weird for people and a little uncomfortable is, is they go like, I can do this for a minute, but to really live in that space is challenging and I'm not sure what it looks like. So, what I'm trying to help people to do is how do we put that together? Or marriage, or just relationships in general to have that depth and meaning. That's
1: good. Well, when when you've written that book uh, and it's out, we definitely will want you to come back on and, and talk about that and, and unpack it. Obviously, when you write a book, you get started and then, and, and Chuck will vouch for this. I've never written a book, so really I have no idea what I'm saying. But <laughs> but, but what I've heard is you start writing a book and sometimes you, you do have a plan and you do have this this way you want to go, but it can take a bit of a diversion because of what you're feeling at that time and be able to really get that onto the pages. And so when, when all that happens, we would love to obviously have you back. Uh, it's been amazing chatting with you today. What we would love uh, for you to do if you, if you would, is we always ask, uh, our, our guests to pray and uh, just closing in prayer, just maybe you've said something or, or during the conversation's you've thought, wow, I I need to stop and pause and pray for for people with that. Would you be able to uh, lead us in prayer just for a a little while there?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. Lord, I just, uh, I thank you so much for this opportunity to talk with Chuck and Andy um, and just get to know them a little bit better, but also just to talk, Lord, about, I think, a struggle a lot of us have, which is just showing up and being vulnerable and being seen. And seeing others. And so Lord, I just ask that you bless those who are listening to this and their families during this time and just help us to know like when we show up and we're vulnerable, uh, we're worth it. Um, We're okay. We don't have to be anybody else uh, and we're who you made us to be and you love us. And so Lord grant us the courage to show up in that space, to show up in that space in our relationships and with our kids and Lord just to pursue you and the path you've called us to. Lord, I just thank you so much for these men and the listeners and just ask that you bless them. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jason. Well, you Amen. know what's
1: next, uh, Chuck? It's the big the, the, three. The big three. And before
0: we ask you those questions, how can people listen to your podcast, Jason, and how can they connect with you?
2: Yeah, so it's okay what's next. Um, I've also got a website, um, jasonvr.com, and I will say that in uh, the next, I think it's two weeks, Um, we'll be launching, I have a relationship series that I shot out at the Oaks for people where, um, they can learn a little bit about their relationships and just how to connect better. So if you want to go to my website, sign up for the newsletter, you can be part of that. Um, and so, yeah, those would be good ways to find me.
0: Excellent. There you have it, everybody. Go check out jasonvr.com
1: and also listen to his podcast as well. Okay, what's next? Also, uh, we we uh, we're following you on Instagram and things like that. What, what's the best way to connect for, for people to connect with you on there? It, what's your is it handle? Is handle, that what they yeah, say? What's your Instagram? So weird. Handle. Where did the handle come from? I,
2: I, I think, I think originally it was
0: Twitter handle, but then Instagram URL or what's your username? Username. Uh, I, uh, yeah. username I don't know. Uh, how do people? How do people follow you on Instagram?
2: It's Jason Van Ruler. I uh, is. Ninety-nine percent sure. Jason (laughs) Dot.
1: Just type in Jason Dot, and I'm sure it's going to come up somewhere. (laughs)
0: All
1: right. Well, we've got the big three. Big three. Big three. three. You want me to go?
0: I do. Let's have you kick it off. This. Okay.
1: Okay. So you are. It says. It says that you're. You serve private practice in South Dakota, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Iowa. Mm
2: Hmm.
1: Favorite restaurant. From any of those four states
2: okay um oh boy that's a good one um i would say there's actually a restaurant in sioux falls called looks meat market and uh you'll never guess what they sell there um but uh, veggies it's it's a vegetarian Uh, no no it's a fantastic place Uh, it was on diners drive-ins and dives and it's it's, uh, uh, it's really good. So oh, that would probably ooh, be my pick. Ooh, okay. Nice. We have a
1: lot of people who travel around that listen. So, you know, if, uh, if you're in any of these areas, we're just trying to help people out practically. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, Jason? Huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Question number two. You live in South Dakota. I've been to South Dakota. I've never been to Mount Rushmore. I actually joked about this before we began recording, but I am going to throw it out there. Who is your favorite president on Mount Rushmore?
2: See, I can't really pick one. I don't no, know. Okay, okay. It's, uh, right. it's, it's oh. tricky because there's Mount Rushmore and then there's Crazy Horse Monument. There's, there's lots of good stuff out there. All so right. it would be, it'd be tough. I don't know. Okay, yeah, okay. Of, i I'd a, say all of them. All, okay, that's, oh, okay. Well all right. Answered. Good, well good answer.
0: All right. Well, let me ask you this then. What, what's your, if, if I was coming to South Dakota as a tourist, where would mm-hmm. you send me?
2: Yeah, so I think um, Sioux Falls is great. I think as far as like being picturesque, um, the western side of the state, the Black Hills, like where Mount Rushmore is, uh, is beautiful. And I know that you like to run, and I think maybe fish a little bit sometimes. And so I would take you out there. Oh. and if you don't like the fish, you could at least. Okay. You know, well, and I'm the runner. Andy's yeah. the fisher,
0: so we'll go together. Oh, my. and then we'll do a on-site podcast with you. How about uh, that?
2: We yeah, go. Let's there we go. go. Yeah. I am a 1,000% in. That yeah. sounds wonderful.
1: Um, okay, last question. I've got, to, I've got to throw it back to the football. Okay. <laughs> Outside of Stanford Bridge, which is the Chelsea soccer stadium. Oh, I thought we were talking about football. Yeah, we are talking ah, about I real just, football. Yeah, okay, okay. The game where you actually kick. <laughs> the football. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. What stadium would you like to visit from the Premier League?
2: Ooh. Oh, man, I don't know. I think I'm going to have a disappointing answer because I, I think all of them. This is So this is a bucket list item that I have is to, is to go to all the Premier League stadiums.
1: Oh, and, uh, oh wow. That, uh, now I'd come on that trip with you. Man,
2: yeah, I would, see, I would, I would, I would, I would go it, for the food. Like, Wouldn't that be great?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to a few of them, but uh, there's a few I'd, I would love to go. I have hey. never been to Old Trafford, which is Manchester United Stadium. Oh.
0: So I have an idea, Revival Town Podcast slash. Okay, what's next podcast national tour?
2: Oh, I <laughs> would be so in. We'll invite and Annie Downs. it will be great. <laughs> and we can end up in Alaska, and I'll do counseling there because I'll be like, yes. <laughs> yes. <That sounds> great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: oh, hilarious. fantastic! Man, well, this has been fun, Jason.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just I appreciate you guys you know, having me on and this this is wonderful to talk about this stuff. And I know you guys are helping lots of people. and I just appreciate that too. Well,
1: Jason, thank you so much uh, for being with us. We've had a great time. I know people are going to connect with you through this and and we'll take you up on that. When that book's out, we're going to have you back on. I'll be back. And uh, so don't, don't wait too long. Right. Okay. (laughs) 41 (laughs) will come. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I better get working on that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right, Jason, thank you so much for being on revival town podcast with us today.
2: All right. Thanks guys. Thank you.
1: Wow! Hey, what a
0: great conversation with Jason Van Ruler, huh?
1: Oh man, that's yeah, good. That was fun. That was good. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah. And I am, I'm praying that he, he writes that book. Cause just some of the things he was saying, I was like, man, this needs to be in a book to bless many people.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: so, uh, so we'll, we'll have him back for sure. Uh, when, that. when he's doing that, but and in the great. tour, the tour, yeah.
0: In the motorhome, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The, the,
1: Oh, man. Uh, well, I tell you what. Uh, we talked a little bit about England, but you know what's next, don't you? I'm ready. Tate and mate. Here we go. London's calling. So, Chuck, you were talking earlier. By the way, if you're listening the first time, this is where I challenge Chuck, who is American, to an English saying or phrase, slang word, rhyming cockney slang, whatever... Uh, I feel like that the week uh, Just to throw something at him And he's got to try and guess it I got to guess the meaning Yeah of an English word or phrase So you threw a word at me This this uh, earlier on uh, About uh, RVing Yeah Okay so I'm going to ask you to Say hey Do you know about this And I'm going to come back at you With the word
0: Oh okay Okay So hey Andy Have you ever heard of boondocking I haven't
1: the foggiest you have
0: it the foggiest.
1: I haven't the foggiest. You haven't
0: the, the foggiest. Um. <laughs> 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 I have not the foggiest state about boondocking. You have no idea. I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, yeah, if you have it the foggiest and you don't have a clue,
1: you are on a roll. I mean, you, I am just every, rolling, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I have not the foggiest. Uh, it comes from you're in a fog. You can't see where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. I haven't the foggiest.
0: I haven't the foggiest. You know, I watched an episode of The Crown. Oh, here we go. That sh- there was a deep fog and people yes. get sick from it. Yes. Like, true story. True story. Interesting. I haven't the foggiest. Yeah, that was a
1: really... I think Winston Churchill was in power at the time. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that was... And, in fact, you know, I, I mentioned it uh, earlier in the, in the intro about speaking at the church. And I used... Um, the illustration about the coal mining disaster that happened in Wales. Yes. Because I showed it an image of the Rhondda Valley, which was close to where all that happened. And my dad uh, remembers that, remembers when that yeah, happened. That's fascinating to me that, yeah, he lived only 10 minutes away from... Yeah, 10, 20, yeah. something like
0: that. Uh, but that's the last around, episode I've watched on the... I need to catch up. I'm yeah, really behind. you've been
1: on that episode for like two years. What's going on? <laughs> Um, I am at the foggiest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: see, there's, an, there's another yeah, well, show.
0: The, the queen was boondocking at a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, Chuck, you know, I, I love doing this uh, every week. And so uh, I guess we'll do it again. Hey, let's let's do it again next week. All right. Thanks, mate. I'll yes. see you next week. Thank you. listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to revivaltownpodcast.com.